so well <clears throat> i know it's been a few days but i'm making another episode of my podcast and i'm probably gonna go down to maybe every three or four days for an episode and since the off season i want to talk about everything that's going on um obviously freddie freeman's free agency i already covered that last episode but i want to cover all the moves that have been made so far to this point in the uh mlb off season which we just entered um first off all the club options decline i'm not getting really go over those because there's a lot of them i'm only going to go over the really big ones because you know there's a lot of stuff that's happens over the course of this obviously um jock peterson's declined his 10 million dollar club option and received a 2.5 million dollar buyout instead of becoming a free agent that sucks but he probably will be re-signed as almost all of the Braves will i'm assuming so the clubs claimed wade miley off waivers from the reds which is really interesting big salary dump for the reds something that maybe they're just trying to i i, I see i really don't know are they trying to are they trying to just make like you know play money ball or something sorry no, but it was only he only had like a 10 million dollar deal i guess maybe age they thought would get to him even though he had a pretty good year this year the Angels claimed infielder Andrew Velasquez off waivers from the Yankees. The Yankees have money and, you know, dropping their shortstop, who I'm pretty sure was their starting shortstop most of the year, um, probably shows that they're going to get a shortstop in free agency, as if we didn't already think that was going to happen. The Pirates claimed outfielder Greg Allen off waivers from the Yankees. Um, I don't think I've ever heard who Greg Allen is, so maybe he was, you know, maybe... maybe I don't know that maybe they're just getting some rid of some outfielders that probably won't start the people platooning. The Red Sox have claimed Tim LeCaster, who I like, um, uh, off of waivers from the Yankees. I like because it just he's fast, you know. Um, I like fast players. It's probably one of my favorite. I think my favorite aspect and my favorite types of players are players that are really fast. Favorite aspect of baseball. Phillies claim lefty Ryan Sheriff off waivers from the Rays. The Nationals have claimed Francisco Perez off waivers from the off waivers from Cleveland. Um, uh, he's a left-handed starting pitcher or maybe reliever. I'm not too sure. Um, Twins claimed righty Gerald Cotton off waivers from the Rangers. The Giants claimed right righty Hunter Harvey off waivers from the Orioles. Outfielder Justin Dean off waivers from Cardinals, and left-handed pitcher Joe Palumbo off waivers from the Rangers. That's just one of our many moves to talk about. Johnny Cueto's club option um, has been declined and received a twenty a five million dollar buyout, which I believe makes him a free agent. Um, the White Sox exercised their $16 million club option for Craig Kimbrell, who they acquired the past summer from the Cubs. So, it's also rumored that they might be shopping him this winter. So, yeah. The Dodgers will decline, the Dodgers declined their $12 million club option for Joe Kelly, and he will get a $4 million buyout. The Reds Reds reliever Justin Wilson exercised his $2.3 million player option for 2022. He was acquired from the Yankees before last season's trade deadline. The Twins declined the the Twins declined their end of Alex Colomay's $5.5 million mutual option and paid him a $1.25 million buyout. Mark Melanson declined his $5 million player option for the 2022 season and will become 
and will receive a $1 million buyout from the Padres. San Diego also declined their club options for Keon Kella, sorry if I said that wrong, 800000 who underwent Tommy John surgery in the middle of the year, and Jake Marisnik, um, $4 million. Is club, they also declined that, and um, he'll have a $500,000 buyout. And they exercised their club option on Pierce Johnson and Craig Stammen. Pierce Johnson, $3 million, and Craig Stammen, $4 million. Um, so being JD Mar J tell the JD Martinez. Wait, that's what I meant to say. I'm sorry. JD Martinez exercises nineteen point three five million dollar club option player option with the Red Sox. The team also exercised their seven million dollar club option with on twenty twenty two for Christian Velasquez. Lastly, they declined club options for Martin Perez, Garrett Richards, and um. And Garrett Richards Perez will receive $500,000 buyout, and Richards gets 1.5 mil. The Rays exercised their $7 million club option with catcher Zunino, which Mike Zunino, which I didn't think was a surprise. I thought they were going to keep him. So he's going to be under club control for one more season. Um, the Giants exercised their club options on Jose Alvarez and Wilmer Flores and Jay Jackson. Unknown. <laughs> this is unknown amount. Of money for Jay Jackson, um, Jose Alvarez 1.5 mil and Wilmer Flores 3.5 mil respectively. The Yankees turned down their three million dollar club option with Joel with Jolie Rodriguez, who they acquired in the Joey Gallo trade this past summer. He will receive a five hundred thousand dollar buyout. The Braves declined their one. The Braves declined their 1.25 million dollar club option for Josh Tomlin and will pay him a two hundred fifty k buyout. That's a sad day. Please resign Josh Tomlin. I'm begging you, bro. Also, resign Terrence Gore because since 2015, if you have Terrence Gore on your team, you statistically have a 50% chance to win the World Series. So, I mean, like, keep him? It's just like that. Speaking of that, obviously the Tucker Barnhart trade, which I may have already mentioned, um, he was um, the Reds acquired infielder Nick Quintana. Um, Quintana was a second-round draft pick in 2019. I believe he batted around 161 in single A this year. Low A, I think it was. And he also hit eight home runs. I'm pretty sure somewhere around the statistics I was doing that. I was talking about that with my friends. That's how I remember that. Um, Diego Castillo, contract purchase from Miners. I'm just going to go over some big names that I haven't already covered. I'm just going to read this on stuff. If I could, if my computer would be nice enough to load for me. There we go. Um, uh, let's see. So, Adam Conley was DFA'd. Interesting. I felt, I didn't realize he was that bad. I felt like it just because he's a name I knew. Um, Travis Demerit contract purchase from Miners. Um, Alan Rangel, Alan Rangel, I believe it's pronounced. I'm not too sure. Contract purchase from the Miners. Uh, so sorry, I'm just doing a lot of talking about all this stuff, but a bunch of stuff. Um, so Grant Dayton was released from the Braves. Jock Peterson mutual option declined, and Terrence Gore's outrighted to the Miners. Now, Freddie Freeman will become a free agent, so we're going to see how that plays out. Obviously, I already talked about that. Adul Herrera outrided to minors. Ronald Torres outrided to the minors. Andrew Knapp, minors. Sheriff, minors. Jankowski, Rosso, and Hammer all to the minors. Actually, excuse me, Sheriff was claimed off waivers from the Rays.
Eniel um, de los Santos was outrighted to the minors by the Pirates. I did not realize he was on the Pirates. Kind of lose track of that after a while. Gorgallum was claimed off waivers. Wilmer Defoe to the minors. DeYoung, minors. Chase Shreve, same thing. Kyle Keller, same thing. Overton, oh, Overton, Connor Overton. Um, Kyle Keller and Chase Spitzbarth. Um, so, yeah. I think I've already covered everyone else that I see on here. Um, uh, really interesting to see what will happen. Oh, yeah, technically they're officially the Guardians now. It's offseason. Francisco Perez was claimed off waivers from the Guardians is what it officially says. So, I mean. Adam Duvall's mutual option was declined. Tyler Clippard. Um... Oh, that's never mind. That's for the Diamondbacks. Really, could kind of care less about them because I don't see them making any super interesting moves this season. Just because, if you know, they're like they're not going to be serious contenders next year. But you know, if you have an extra ten dollars and you want to win five grand, bet it on the Diamondbacks to win the World Series. Because if they somehow win, you'll get five grand if you bet ten dollars. That's how unfavored they are to win the World Series, and I can't blame them. Honestly, if it were up to me, you would ha- if you bet ten dollars, you would get you would get ten grand for them winning the World Series. So their odds are very very low, but it's never zero. That's how baseball works. It can be your one surprise team like the Giants this year. Now they were not predicted to be as bad as the Diamondbacks though, because they were predicted to only win seventy games. Well. They did win 30 more still. Um, ending the ending the Dodgers' reign in the West, who won, what, eight straight... Um, eight straight West NLS division titles. So, I mean, it's... You know, they could be a surprise team, but I think for them, being a surprise team means winning, like, 70 or maybe 80 games. I think winning 70 games... 60 games really puts them in their surprise team because I think you know obviously it's another rebuilding year for them but I don't think they're gonna have much talent they're gonna trade away Marte was a big candidate um interesting to see what they do with him maybe they look to sell him in the in the offseason for some um nice talent um for the MLB I'm gonna say that's all the Braves will resign Freddie Freeman I can say that, yes. Oh, I went to the World Series Parade. It was awesome. I got this really cool hat there. So, yeah. Anyways, moving on. Aaron Rodgers. When I go to trending now on Google, I was going to talk about him. But now, the first thing that comes up. Um, I don't need to say much about this, but I will. It was just... it's. I don't know what he was thinking. I mean, it's one thing to be like, it's one thing to be like, no, I just, I'm not going to get it. And I'm going to say, I'll say, I'll tell you, I'm not going to get it. But the fact that he was literally tell, the fact that he literally said that he got it. I mean, lying about it is bad. That's really bad that he lied about it. He could have done a lot. Um, so... Timeline. Time. If you go over through his timeline, Aaron Rodgers woke up Sunday morning with his back all locked up. There was a little bit of shock factor when Adams tested positive for COVID nineteen. This was weeks before, or 
just about two weeks before Aaron Rodgers tested positive. Um, Packers, on the 27th of October, Packers, Aaron Rodgers having the time of his life in Green Bay. Well, I guarantee you he is not doing, he's not having that quite now, right? Um, so, yeah, the Falcons, uh, managed to have another game-winning kick. They tried to lose, but despite their best efforts to not win the ball game, young Ku said, no, let me kick this field goal, and they won. Alabama in college football decided that they were also going to try their best not to lose, but despite that, LSU literally decided that, you know, it's like, no, 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 you guys can have that win. I don't think they should have won that game. It should not have been that close, obviously. Um, I think they should drop in the rankings. Actually, I have not checked the updated rankings. But if I'd have to guess, you might see Alabama a little lower than they were. Packers and Chiefs games currently actually closer than I thought, 13-7. to uh, Just looked at the scoreboard. And now I'm going to, if I were going to look at the updated um, NCAA rankings, and it looks like Alabama's still number two, unless the rankings are not updated. Um, really, I'm gonna have to look into that. Um, I hope, I, I don't remember when they up. I cannot, yes, they did drop, they dropped to number three, the Bearcats back in number two? This is the AP poll, so let me go look at the college football playoff poll. They're still number two. The Spartans, it's number three. This is no way that this is updated, that the Spartans are still number three. The Ducks, still number four. Yeah, this is the exact same as it was. Yeah, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, number nine, which is the ACC's only chance to get in to the uh, playoffs. The coaches poll, yeah, whatever. Ooh, the Raging Cajuns, baby, let's go! I'm top 25, only on the coaches' poll, though. Doesn't actually matter. Are they not in the top five? Are they, if they're not in the top 25, they're not in the top 25 for um, college football playoff, and they are not. In, they are 24 for the AP poll. Let's go, Louisiana Lafayette Raging Cajuns. Although, I have a hard time cheering for a Louisiana team after today. But who dat, who dat, who dat? Yeah, we lost the Falcons. Imagine. So. Uh, what is this NFL story? Um. Uh, Michael Fearson, who's that? Um. I feel really bad not knowing this, but apparently he's dead. So, rest in peace. Okay, that was a little sad. I don't even know that was. Um, anyways, yeah, the updated rankings are not out. Um, I will make some of my picks for the primetime matchups next week, starting off the the best primetime matchup you could watch. North Carolina-Pittsburgh. I'm going to pick the North Carolina Tar Heels. I forgot their name. Cincinnati-South Florida, number six Cincinnati. I'm going to pick the whatever South Florida is. I'm just kidding. Cincinnati. 
They have not played a real team all year. They really need to if they want to make the college football playoffs. But if they can barely hold on against South Florida, I'm saying they're definitely having no chance. I mean, after barely holding off against Navy and Tulsa back-to-back weeks, not great luck on them. New Mexico State and Alabama. This will be a primetime nail-biter, but I think that Alabama comes together and pulls it out in the fourth quarter after giving their fans strokes and everything in a tw- in a 7 to 3 score Michigan State Michigan versus Penn State I'm just making jokes of course people um so hold on ooh I saw some interesting story about Trey Young Trey Young responds to video of ref seemingly mocky Hawks bench. Wow. I'm a Hawks fan, so I have to go into that after I am done talking this. Michigan versus Penn State. Penn State, they've completely dropped from the rankings. Disappointing season for them. Pretty similar to Clemson. They started, They actually didn't start off as high as Clemson. Obviously, I don't think they ever were. But they were in the top four, and then they dropped out hard after losing two. I don't remember that team was one in five. I think it was... IU or so, no, not IU, obviously it's not, um, I think, let me go back to week nine, it was when, um, it was week nine, when the whatever team, what was, what team was I just talking about, oh yeah, Penn State, when they lost, although they lost Ohio, Ohio State, um, they lost to Ohio State um, last week. I didn't, I didn't remember that. But they also lost uh, to... That's right, Illinois it was. So they lost to Illinois, unranked Illinois, nine overtimes, which is an NCF record. And then they lost to number five ranked Ohio State uh, la- um, last weekend. Not this one, so... Yeah, pretty much just a f- hard fall for them. I don't think they'll even see their rankings again. Um, going back to our matchup, um, I see Michigan winning that one. Obviously, I'm gonna. Some of these will be truthful. Some of them won't be. Oklahoma and Baylor. I don't think Baylor should be ranked number twelve, but they have something to prove. And if they want to prove it, then they're gonna have to beat Oklahoma. I want to see them beat Oklahoma, but I don't know if they will. I don't think they will. Mississippi State and Auburn. Auburn probably Auburn will not be ranked 13 when they play Mississippi State, potentially unranked um, after losing four games this year, which is really interesting how a team that loses four games at this point can be unranked unless they to beat, like, one team in the top four or something. Like, Mississippi State has lost four games, so they're ranked number 17. I'm assuming that they've beaten a top four team this year or something along those lines, similar ranking. Northwestern, Wisconsin. Oh, by the way, my picks for the Mississippi State-Auburn. Definitely going to go with Mississippi State because Auburn will probably... I just think that they... I just don't think they can win it. They're just not having a good year. Northwestern versus Wisconsin... Wisconsin, yeah, uh, not much to be said. Georgia, Tennessee, please, Tennessee, oh my, I will 
become a full-time Tennessee fan if they win, but they're not going to. Sadly, I live in Georgia. I'm not a Georgia fan. It's really hard going around all the time, all these Georgia fans talking crap. My number one argument is the 40 years since a title thing, and it might not be the case soon if they can win one this year, and I really hope they do not. Sorry, you Georgia fans listening to this podcast. Of course, since it's sports season in Atlanta, there's quite a few. If you do listen to this podcast because you're an Atlanta sports fan, you are most likely a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Of course, you could be the actual Atlanta team, Georgia Tech fan. Um, Purdue versus Ohio State. I don't know. Purdue's shocked two top four teams this year. Um, maybe they can shock number four. A number fifth ranked team, I think soon to be a top four team, their third one, and for the second week in a row, we'll see. I was still hanging in the rankings just barely. Uh, I'm gonna play Minnesota. Twenty two number twenty two ranked Iowa, number twenty ranked Minnesota. Um, I don't think Minnesota will be number twenty ranked. I don't know if Iowa will still be ranked. I've not checked the score of their game from this weekend. Um I'm gonna go with Minnesota. Actually I'm gonna go with Iowa. But yeah, Maryland versus Michigan State. Uh, Michigan State got shocked last week. It's not going to happen again. Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. This one's a tough one, even though A&M is ranked lower than Ole Miss. I think Ole Miss, I think Texas A&M just have so much confidence and a lot going for them that I think going into this matchup, they can probably, actually, excuse me, Ole Miss is ranked lower than A&M. I just have have my contacts in, so I cannot really completely see that. I do still see one thing, and that is Texas A&M winning this one. University of Kentucky versus Vanderbilt. Kentucky, um, I'm only going to go over top 25 ranked teams, by the way. NC State and Wake Forest, except for my own Clemson. Um, please, Wake Forest beat NC State. We need that to, for Clemson to make the title game. But, yeah. I think Wake Forest will beat NC State, and I think that Clemson will be Wake will beat Wake Forest. Um, ESPN has um, matchup predictor has NC State with a higher chance to win, and uh, they also have Clemson with a much higher chance um, to win than Wake Forest does against them when and when they play in Week Twelve next week, actually, or not next week, the week after. Um. We move on to Notre Dame versus Virginia. Notre Dame. Uh, TCU, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State. Washington State versus Oregon. Go with the Washington State, whatever their team mascot is. Just kidding. Oregon, even though they have been giving their fans a heart attack, and I'm very surprised that they're still a top four team. I've just been looking at their scores, and it's just been really interesting to look at. See, how is this team like this? Nevada, San Diego State. I'm going to go with San Diego State. They've been a shocking team this year. I've been looking at, you know, I've, I've seen them the last few years, and I've realized that they're just kind of like, I feel like they're under a team. They're a program that no one talks about. Um, uh, of course, the one matchup I will want to talk about for next week, for me, obviously UConn and Clemson. I think UConn finally ends Clemson's just kidding. What are you? on if you would think that I was going to say that. Um, Clemson will definitely light UConn up. Um, I wouldn't. It's not a guarantee they'll light them up, but I think they will definitely win. They'll have a pretty good game against them. And yes, 
they probably will end up lighting them up a bit. Even though Clemson's not had a really easy ride through the last few weeks, this whole season really. I know I've been watching all the games. UConn's one and eight. You really gotta beat them, of course. I mean, you. I think they will though. Don't think there's much doubt of that. NBA. Oh my gosh. I, the Hawks are still better than the Suns. Okay. We're just gonna leave it at that. We're not gonna talk about last night's game. Trey Young went off. Okay, now going on to our story about Trey Young responding to the video of uh, Hawks, of the ref seemingly mocking Hawks bench. This is from Yard Barker, so if I get copyrighted for just reading the words of this article, I'm sorry. I'm trying to give you credit. Um, Trey Young felt the officials had it out for his Atlanta Hawks and their loss to the Phoenix Suns on Saturday night. and he was not shy in voicing his displeasure. Young likely has a fine coming from the NBA, but he made sure to call attention to the actions of one official after the game. Ooh, sounds juicy. Young was called for a crucial technical foul with just over three minutes remaining, and the Hawks leading 113-111. to The sharpshooter told reporters that after the game, he felt DeAndre Hunter was fouled by Chris Paul several times on one play. He asked the ref how he didn't see the fouls. He said he felt it was personal that he was given a technical foul. Um, so, this tweet from Chris... Chris... Chris Kirshner, I'm sorry if I spin off that, I probably did. I asked Trey Young why he picked up a technical foul with the Hawks up too late in the game. Dre was getting hounded by CP in the post. I asked him why you didn't see that. You didn't see that? He gave me a tech. I guess it's personal that with some of these guys. Oh, see, I didn't realize that's what we're saying. Apparently, a personal foul or a technical foul was called on Trey Young for asking that, so that's interesting. Although, that does sound kind of personal, so maybe you make that a personal foul. Just saying. After Young was hit after Young was hit with the technical, referee Kevin Scott was shown on camera making some sort of gesture towards the Hawks bench. It looked like Scott was calling someone a crybaby. Referee Kevin Scott making crybaby. Okay, this is a video. I cannot show that because, you know, that's physically impossible for the podcast. Um, yeah. Young shared the clip on Twitter and included his hashtag, included the hashtag, why is it personal? Hmm, interesting. I get fine, though. Hashtag, why is it personal, is his tweet. Let me know what y'all think. Watch until the end. CP fouls Dre four times in one possession. Trey gets a tank for for sticking up for his teammate and complaining about the no call. Um, after full-time referee appears, or after... after foul, uh, I can't read those. After foul, ref appears to look at Hawks bench and mock them with crybaby motion. Yeah, that sounds pretty sketchy. While most people think Scott was mocking the Hawks for whining, that may not have been the case. Those who follow Trey Young, no, those who follow Young, know he often gets on the officials for non-calls. There have been multiple instances where he has been where he mocked the refs with an open eyes gesture. You can see one example from last season's playoff. Well, we can't see that actually. I think that would have been the game where they came back to win it when they were down really low. So I don't think that one really mattered. That would make a lot more sense. We've seen plenty of examples of Young getting heated with officials over what he perceives to be miscalls. The open your eyes taunt has gotten him in trouble in the past. Scott may have been making reference to that. Alright, 
that is pretty much the end of that. Alright, and I think that will bring me to the conclusion of my podcast. I want to see what the Braves do in free agency. Um, I'm going to make another one soon. If anything huge happens, I just have to make an episode. I got to jump on it. Of course, I will end up making that. Um, you know, if something huge happens tomorrow, if they sign Freddie Freeman to a mega deal, or, you know, freaking Shohei Otani's traded, which he won't be, um, if something crazy like that happens, I will, of course, record that. Uh, realize I've only been recording for about 28 and a half minutes, so, yeah. I uh, really gotta make it a little longer sometimes. I gotta add some more things to these episodes if I want to keep them pretty decent long. Uh, I'm just gonna try and make it 30 minutes. Um, not because I want more time on it, just because I feel like when I made the show, I think my whole thing was I have I had to make every episode at least 30 minutes and at the most an hour or so. Um, any other news I can find in this next in the next few seconds, I will talk about this that is sports related. I will not be talking about any crazy stuff or any politics, anything like that. So yeah, basically the same thing. Um, looks like there's no sports news, but just in case, I'll do one last quick search, and I'll maybe end up adding a few more minutes to this episode. Just you know, it's not and there wouldn't all be stuff though. I'm not so much gonna go to news and sports. Von Miller's out. Uh, I, th- I obviously knew that because I'm pretty sure that he would be in- because of when he was traded, he was ineligible. Um, the Arthur Smith gives post game presser. Hmm? Raiders deny fallout from Henry Ruggs' crash contributed to loss to to the Giants. They lost to the New York Giants. If you think that they did that because if there was no other contributing factor, if there's no other contributing factor to the Raiders losing to the Giants, then I just think that they shouldn't be in. They're just not a good team. Then Um, Chandler Jones set a um, franchise sack record. The Colts offensive line. The Colts' offensive line is close to hitting on all cylinders. Okay, yeah, but back to the Raiders thing. There's no way you're going to lose to the Giants unless there is a reason. Like, yeah, you have to have a reason to lose to the Giants. They're not good. Falcons head coach gives Arthur's... uh, Falcons head coach Arthur Smith gives post-game Preston. The Falcons seem to be firmly in control of Sunday's game against the New Orleans Saints. But three fourth quarter touchdowns by the Saints with the game in doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Orleans took the lead with one minute remaining, but Atlanta fought back and drove down the field for a game winning field goal. Thanks to Cordell Patterson's amazing catch and continuing to run. But it was a team effort, obviously. Arthur Smith is now four and four after his first eight games as head coach of the Atlanta Falcons. However, he was far from perfect on Sunday. Despite nearly blowing a game that could have derailed the season, Smith's team wouldn't be denied wouldn't be denied, and now Atlanta has a real shot of making the playoffs. Let's go, Atlanta! Let's go, Falcons! We're gonna be we're gonna start um being called Champ Atlanta or whatever they called it Champa Bay last year. They would of if the Rays beat the Dodgers, but anyways. 
Smith gives... Okay, I'm not going to talk about... I'm not going to look at that posy. So, let me look really quickly. Um, the f- Let me look at this. Falcons. Um, I'm going to look at their postseason... Um, excuse me, playoffs. Um, <coughs> excuse me about. Sorry about that. Um, postseason uh, chances. All right. So uh, I think that that's interesting. That they have a legitimate chance. Um. Anytime. I'm actually going to look at the past hour. Because I think that. After showing signs of growth and loss to Chargers. Can eat wood. This is not anything to do with us talking. About. Um. But. Uh, going back to. I'm going to look at the NFC. South. Standings. Which I hope are good. Not power rankings. Well, that will work too. I mean, um, the NFC South. The Saints, Panthers, Falcons, Buccaneers. What? This has to be a super old article. Okay, they have the Jaguars at the top. Um, the the Packers near the bottom. Rams at the top. There's the 49ers at the bottom. This has to be an older list. Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. Older list, definitely. Um, oh, I meant to look at the standings, but I actually clicked on power rankings and saw that. Um, now here comes the fun part. Um, Falcons are 4-4. Four and four. They are now ahead of the Panthers again. The Panthers have not they need to get it together. They have not been playing. Uh, they started the season. They need to get it back on track. They've lost four. They lost five. Their only win was against the Falcons last week. Uh, they're two and one in non against non conference play, but that would make. But I think that that makes them two. That makes them two and four again in conference play. So. Which is a thirty-three win percentage. The Falcons also have a um, two and four non um, for conference play, but in their conference play, they're pretty good as they have not lost a game all year. Of course, they've only played two, but yeah, still carrying the season right there. The Saints are four and three in conference play. They've had more conference games than any other team in the division. Um, they're one and oh, non conference. This really does not matter. Divisional play kind of matters. Uh, the Panthers are two and zero in divisional play. The Falcons are one and two in uh, divisional play. The Saints one and two, and the and the Buccaneers also like the Panthers. Have only played two games. They've won one and they've lost one. Um. So, um, now that we no longer have any undefeated teams, now it's time to talk about our favorite subject: our winless teams. Congratulations to the Detroit Lions. Their only chance, um, they're not their only chance. They probably will win a game, but I think that one thing that they need to not have a 0-17 season, not just to win a game, but maybe you just want to get a tie. I mean, 
you can't a tying a game, you know, that's a lot better than losing one. It's also a lot it's not as good as winning one. But hey, I mean if you haven't won one all year and you've lost every single game, not losing one but not winning one might just be a moral victory. The Washington football team falling apart two and six. Let's go look at our favorite division, the NFC East, which the Cowboys are gonna run away with because well, I mean the next best team is the Eagles, who are three and six. Not much needs to be said about that one. I mean Ooh, that is just rough, man. That's a bad division. They always happen, but that is just rough. Please tell me the Eagles did. Please tell me Jalen Ramsey did not do good. I'm not too sure because I have not checked the score. I think that game is. Well, that game is definitely final, probably. Definitely, probably. Man, how am I talking? Like, um. Let's see. Let me go look at that. Uh, the Eagles did score 24 points. Um, please tell me Jalen Ramsey had a, not a great game because uh, I have, you know, for the fantasy football, for the purposes of that. All right, please. Uh, well, I'm about to lose this league. That The only league that I really feel like matters. Because Jalen Hurts had to have 16 points and Josh Allen only had to 9. I could have, I should have put Patrick Mahomes in there. Wow, the Pat the okay, so the Green Bay and the Green Bay and the um Chiefs game has now gone final. And that game was thirteen to seven low scoring game. Um I really, really would have expected the Chiefs to put up more points, but it's okay. They won for some somehow against Jordan Love. They really should have uh, one by a larger margin. Um, glad I did not start Mike Williams this week. George Kittle, oh no, I made a mistake by not starting him over Pitts. Uh, well, that sucks. My kicker did good, Youngway Koo, baby. They should get more, I think they should get more points if it's like a pressure situation, like winning the game, or tying the game with like a few seconds left. Uh, I think they should instant. I feel like they should definitely get um get extra fantasy points for that. Anyways, I think that will be the wrap up to this episode. I don't really like going into fantasy football because I feel like it's kind of like an iffy subject. Like some people like it, some people hate it, and I understand why. So I'm just going to end it on that note. This episode is almost 40 minutes long, right where I want it to be. I feel like I talked about enough stuff for this episode. Um, I'm so glad. Uh, and thankful to anyone that has listened this far. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this one. Um, I will be, you know, making new episodes soon. I'll be making another episode within the next few days, probably. Hopefully some blockbuster deals go on tomorrow so I have stuff to talk about. Sorry I made this a little late. Um, went to the parade and I just never really got to it this weekend, but now I'm getting into it on my Sunday night. So, um... Sunday nights are always sad, but I'm glad that I could be making a podcast on this one. So, that will be it. And from Sports Season Atlanta, that's all. Goodbye.